And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rantanen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast for another Friday episode presented by The Green Solution. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. Since it's Friday, we decided to do another question and answer type show where we kind of round out some of the other questions you guys had. You had a bunch of good ones last time and a bunch of good ones here for you this time. First question of the show, AJ, how are you doing and are you excited to get out of here after today? I am. Uh, I would also like to give a quick shout out to ESPN for embracing the ESPN 8, the Ocho the other day. The electrician games. And I mean, it was everything. It was dodgeball. I was watching marble races till like one o'clock in the morning last night. (laughs) Um, the cherry spitting and the, the slippery stair competition was incredible. (laughs) They had like, uh, they had like a, a a ping pong, uh, style game, except you could only, uh, head the ball. And it was, it was wild watching these dudes like fly across this table. And whip their heads around. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the craziest, like, obscure sports, like, stuff that you don't even think is real. <laughs> and it was it was a blast, honestly. I've wasted a lot of time this week watching all that stuff. Well, there you go. When there's not hockey on, you can watch ridiculous sports instead. Honestly, that's what the summer should be about. If you're not into baseball and you don't have any other options, then hook us up with, like... Something crazy and out there. <laughs> yeah, like the, the pizza tossing that the, they were doing. <laughs> you know, stone skipping, stuff like that. So I'm down. Yeah, I it was I mean it was awesome, that. man. It was like stuff that either you've tried to do and are not good at and these people are awesome at, or stuff you never even thought to do. There you go. If you get good enough at anything, you can make a career out of it, at least partially. <laughs> For sure. Oh, I mean, like the uh, the electrician thing, you know, that the yeah. $75,000 cash prize was no joke. That's legit. Right. That's what I'm saying. The, the guy that got third won, like, what, 15 grand? Like, dude, that's <laughs> that's legit stuff. Take it to the bank. All it right. was crazy, man. I well, it was it was super cool, too, because it was just oh, like yeah. something that was an amusing uh, joke many years ago in, in the dodgeball movie. And <laughs> it's become well, a thing now. Yeah. Right. They were like, I right, let's embrace it. Hey, I mean, given the way ESPN has been bleeding subscribers, maybe that's what they need, but we won't go too deep into that. Yeah. No. Kid- I mean, like they had, and they had actual dodgeball, right? They actually, there actually is like a world dodgeball championship now, even like not on ESPN way back in the day. They used to have it on G4. Oh, and G4 it- was so ahead of its time. Until they ruined it, but that's a different story as well. (laughs) (laughs) 
cops 23 hours a day turns out isn't a good business plan but dude yeah what was that <laughs> can only watch so so much cops right uh okay but let's get into some avs questions here this first segment i wanted to cover some questions about avalanche prospects first okay. question is from log avs it's pretty broad which avs prospects do you think are in line to take the biggest leap this year i do want to expand this a little bit beyond prospects as well we've talked in previous episodes about how tyson jost is someone that the avs need to step up this year as well yeah uh well i'll jump in first of all and say there might be a little bit of hype around sampo ranta taking that step after the world summer showcase still has to show it in college as well. But I would say it's probably going to be Alex Newhook making that transition to college. He's a player that I expect once he finds his footing, there is going to dominate. He could, he could not. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see it. I need, I, I'm not a believer yet. I still need to see it at the college. And level. that's fair. Uh, but he is one of those guys, definitely, to answer this question, though, he's one of those guys that you are looking at and saying, it's, this guy needs a big step. Yeah. Um, you know, New Hook at BC, um, Hellison at BC. Those guys definitely need to, they need to show that they're the real deal. Um, Avs used high picks on those cats. They They really need to see what they have there. Um, Martin Kaut. Um, Eustace Ananen, Ananen is going to get a, a job in the Liga this year. You got to you got to take that and run with it, man. Yeah, Kovalenko, you'd like to see him really take a take a big that step forward in the step for sure. Yeah, definitely the KHL step forward. Um, Shvirev, a guy that yeah. I'd love to see get more of more ice time and do a little something with. Um, the the. Notre Dame trio, honestly, all three of those guys need steps forward. Uh, Nick Lieberman needs a needs a job. Nate Clerman needs to grow from the job he was given last year, and Cameron Morrison needs to prove that he's worthy of a contract. Absolutely. I, if you want to get down to it, really, every prospect does need to be taking step forward. Steps forward. It's just some are significantly bigger steps than others that need to be taken. For example, a Nick Lieberman who scored two points and didn't even play in half of the games last season. Yeah. That's someone where, in the Notre Dame situation, he should be a full-time player for them. He should have a lot more opportunity maybe to do some of the offensive things that he's more known for. And he needs to take advantage of that. He needs to take those big steps or else he's just going to disappear quickly. Yeah. Um you know, Nick Malosh needs to lock down a yeah. job. Yeah, he really needs to push for an NHL spot this season. Yeah, we're we're not there yet, but you're approaching do or die time for Nick Malosh. Yeah, I agree with that. So, who are they really looking for big steps, like really meaningful steps? Though I would say Cow is number one. You really yeah. want to see a breakout from Martin Cow, where he's thumping on the NHL door to get in there and. uh make an impact somewhere in your, even if it's on the fourth line this year, that as a 19 year old, that would not bother me. Right. I, and he's someone that I've said multiple times, you're expecting him to be an NHL regular by the end of this coming season. 
assuming things go well. And right. he does need to take some steps to get there. I believe he will take those. Mm-hmm. So I say I would say that's a pretty good bet. If you wanted the comp out, you could say Kale McCarr. Yes, he did look great in his playoff run, but as we've stated multiple times, 82 NHL game season is is going to be a big adjustment for him regardless. It yeah. He well and he definitely needs uh he he definitely needs to the offense. He needs to take yeah. the big step forward on offense cuz I like the rest of his game, but he's got to he's just got to the production has to take a jump. I don't, as an 18 year old, 26 points in 63 HL games really doesn't bother me. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Especially knowing that he just ran out of gas at the end of the year. He was just so beat that it really, it's totally fine, but needs, needs to, I'd like to, I'd like to, in the HL, if he's there all year, he needs, it needs to be 40 plus points, preferably in the 50 range. Um, you're talking about a first round pick here. Your expectations have to go up. For sure. I, I would expect him to have improved production. I do think he has the skills. I'll actually be putting a video out probably tomorrow when this is posted that you guys can check out and, and why I believe in Martin Kout so much. But I would be surprised to not see at least somewhat of a jump in his production coming next season in the AHL. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I'm honestly, he's one of the guys that uh, there will be like when we when we get involved, um, there will be like a five guys um, to to watch this season, and Cout will be on that list. Yeah, I would say 100 percent sure Cout is near <laughs> yeah. the top of that list. I mean, I mean, like or the entire organization, all the guys that they've drafted. He's one of my my biggest guys to watch this year. If only because he's a goofy dude and he has a great smile. So it's time to tell you guys about Green Mountain Dental Group. As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. All right. Question number two on prospects. You already know this one is coming because you're trying to be cheeky about it on Twitter. What will it take for Bowen Byram to stay in the NHL and burn that first year of his ELC beyond just 10 games, AJ? <laughs> um, you know, he's got to be able to play defense. Very true. Um, but that's really going to be the biggest thing. The level of defensive adjustment that's required for him, if he can make it quickly. Jump. Yeah. That's that's where it'll be for him um, because I think offensively he won't have any problem uh, being able to produce, being able to maybe not produce, but being able to play the game that he's familiar with. I I'm really not concerned uh, with his ability to jump in and push pucks up the ice and and kind of be who he was last season, just be himself. You know, it's it's what happens when you do get hemmed in your own zone because it didn't happen a lot for the Giants last year. He didn't spend a lot of time, you know, watching pucks get uh, get cycled and and 
having to battle guys in front and and do all of that that wasn't really his bread and butter but he's he's going to have to do it yep and how he adjusts to that i think is going to determine whether or not he stays after 9 games i i agree fully it's if you want to stick in the nhl one of the biggest ways you can do that is by not hurting the team we saw the abs use sheldon dries for 42 game or 40 even, I think 40 even games last season. Yeah. Not because he was particularly effective for a lot of that time, but because he didn't really hurt the team in that time. Right. So if he can play defense to a passable level and not get burned on that side, it becomes a lot easier to throw him out, throw him in the lineup and say, look, at worst, he's just kind of invisible out there and he's getting his feet under him in the NHL. If he's just going to get roasted every time he steps on the ice, you can't have that. Even, man, maybe even 40% of the time. Yeah. You right. can't have that. Because, I mean, you for all the talk about, uh, you know, oh, Tyson Berry being so bad defensively, right? Yeah. It's, it, there were, there were lots of, there were lots of games where he was irrelevant defensively. Like, his defense was just fine. Right. Exactly. It's and and that's the part that I want to kind of focus on is it all it has to be is just fine. Right. It doesn't have to be great, but it it has to be to a certain level where you're not actively giving up goals too often. Yeah. Definitely. You can't be you can't be hemorrhaging uh you can't you can't be hemorrhaging scoring chances and goals and and shots and attempts and all that. All the all that so you just can't I I fully agree there. I I do wonder in the Av system and the way Byron plays, I think the offense might take a little bit of an adjustment because he is a guy who does like to pinch a lot. You might want to set that up a little bit with a player that does sit back a bit more to let him run free if that's your plan in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I if that pays off, yeah. I think he'll absolutely stick, but I wonder if there might be a bit of an adjustment period there as well. I really, the the closer we get to the season, the more I've kind of sold myself on him going back to Vancouver. Yeah. And we're in the abs working through the depth that they have now and seeing if they have anybody namely. I mean, this is really just about Callie Rosen right. um, and seeing if they have a, a real player there. Cause you know, Byron will be here next year. No questions asked. You're not worried about it, but If you if you're gonna find out, you know, if you're looking for an opportunity to give Callie Rose in real time and see what kind of player you have, this is it. Yeah. You know, before Connor Timmons has his first year, before Bowen Byram is is hundred percent no doubt ready, before Nick Malosh takes whatever steps forward he has left to take, before all those things can happen, slip Callie Rosen in there and uh see if you have a player or not. Because if you do, that's a big find. And if you don't, then you can move on. You've got Barbario and Connaughton and Graves to kind of buoy you. Exactly. I, I, I really like the Rosen option there, too. And yeah. and that's why I'm in the same boat. If Byram shows up and kills it, great. Keep him. But unless he earns it, you're looking at right. getting Rosen or, or Graves more ice time. There. He has to be too good to send back. Yeah, Not exactly. Just, he can't just be okay. He can't just be all right. He can't just be solid. He can't. Just he's got to blow your doors off to, to stay on two years ago. That may not be the case, but 
on a team that's going to be that's expecting to be competitive like they are and one where they aren't going to immediately have a big role to give him. Yeah. You know, on that left side, you've already got Zadorov, you've already got Gerard. You're probably right. not cutting in significantly to those minutes and then when Cole comes back, another another guy there, you're probably not healthy scratching one of those guys and uh in favor of Bo Byram. So then he's either got to move over to the right side where he's already going to have McCarr and Johnson waiting or yeah. or now you know it's an, it's the numbers game that you lose. So it gets messy quick for it, sure. It definitely does. And so that's where that's where I think with Byram, you know, you you'd love to see him force your hand. If he come, if he comes into camp and he just blows everybody's doors off, you're like, "Okay, go poor us. We're too too talented on defense." <laughs> right. But in in more realistic scenario, if he doesn't do that, that's okay. Because you've got some options and you do have a guy that you inv- that was a major piece of a huge deal that you made in Rosen that you you want to see what you have. Right. I take a look at it first. Otherwise, why did you go out and get it, right? Right. But all right, one more question for this segment. You guys keep asking it, so I'm going to keep using it. Avs Germany asks best location in Denver to drink some cold ones. So it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer, and make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it about a month ago now, and you can see all of the events we have planned. We'll be drinking Breck beers at those events, so RSVP and come have a good time. It's going to do it for the prospect segment of these questions. We'll be getting into some more Avs-related stuff on the other side. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and AJ here. AJ, we started out segment one talking about ESPN The Ocho, and Mike is curious about some other things we are doing this summer, particularly reading. Are there any books that you're reading right now or any favorite books that you always kind of seem to go back to? Yeah, uh, I've actually been buying. I try, I try to buy um, one book with every paycheck. There you go. Um, just so I do keep up the reading as something that's part of. It's not like I won't. I won't lie to you and say it's a habit, but as it's part of the options that I keep open to myself of things that I like to do uh, in my spare time. Um, I've been working my way through the Jeff Pearl Jeff Perlman's many 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 books that he's written. Yep. Um, uh, right now, I am on um, Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL. Uh, it's an insane story about the yeah. USFL and and kind of, I mean, like the title says, it's rise and demise, right? And um, not in any way trying to approach anything political with this, but Donald Trump played a huge role in the USFL as one of its big owners and the lawsuit that they had against the NFL and... Uh, his vendetta against the NFL because he tried to become an NFL owner and 
the NFL commissioner told him no. And it was like a thing. Right. And, and so it was like the USFL and actually had found success. Uh, it, they, they had actually ended up recruiting some of the better players of the time. Guys like Jim Kelly played in, uh, in the league and it was looking like it could be a potential, like a meaningful competitor to the, the NFL. And to me, that's crazy. All I've ever known is the NFL is like the king, right? Right. By a long shot. And so it's and like we saw earlier this spring, uh, a, they tried to come up with another spring football league and it folded immediately. It didn't even finish its first season. So um, it's it's wild to think about. Uh, it's it's wild to think about that there was an actual competitor at one time. And that's what this book is about. And I'm almost done with it. And it's a wild ride. It's a wild ride. It's yeah, I I'm, I'm a sports junkie. So I, I read a lot of sports books these days. Um, I don't, I don't venture too far outside of that. Although I have started picking up history books. Uh, I just haven't started reading them yet, so I can't get into that, but I've, I've been buying them because they pique my interest. Yeah, I, I kind of have things in, in both of those categories. One is Steve Dangle's book, which has been out for a little while now, but I just recently got my hands on it, which I'm reading, which I it's sort of sports. It's, it's sort of Steve Dangle and, and his path through YouTube and how he kind of became a, a popular person in the sphere of, of hockey, which I've found quite interesting since... In what I do on YouTube isn't all that different. Not nearly as good at it as he is, but it's it's kind of an interesting story to see how it all came together for him. And then on the other side, not exactly history either, but this book called the the Atlantropa Articles uh, was written by another YouTuber, the person who runs Alternate History Hub, if you know what that is. Which oh. it's a series of of YouTube videos that looks at the what if. America didn't win World War II or, or things like that. And he went out and, and wrote a book recently as well that, that kind of has an alternate reality Earth and how things would have been if X, Y, and Z happened. So not a big reader as of late. I usually am more focused on trying to do hockey video things. But <laughs> when I get the chance, I, I try to pick up a book here and there. Yeah, I and I do try to expand the horizons. Uh, for a while there, it was like only hockey books. Like I really liked Craig Costanza's book uh, with the coaches, where he interviewed all the coaches. Yeah, and as they went back and watched some of the iconic games of their careers, um, like the gold medal game, he interviewed both coaches from that game between USA yeah. and Canada, and it was you know as as an American re rereading it, like reading through it again, was like brutal. Very much so, yeah. And I imagine if if a if a Canadian read it, you know, they'd be all about it. They'd be like, "Oh man, this is the this is the greatest story ever." <laughs> so you know, but I I have tried to expand my horizons and dig. I've always been a big fan of history. Uh, I always I was always good at it in school. It was always something that really interested me. So I've um, I follow a guy on on Twitter uh, named Kevin Cruz. Uh, when he's not getting into political fights, he's a really interesting follow on Twitter uh, because he's he links to lots of interesting stuff, stuff that I've just never known about. Um, so I'm I've tried to I've tried to follow and and broaden my horizons to include more of a history of the world, history of the United States, and and get a little more well rounded and not just be all sports all the time. Yeah, definitely a a good 
thing to do. You got to get a little bit of everything when you have the opportunity to. Speaking of getting a little bit of everything around the league of the NHL, Andy S. asks, what have been your favorite or most interesting offseason moments or transactions around the league? So it can be Avs related if you want. It can be for other teams as well. Uh, repeat the question, just the specifics of the wording. Uh, your favorite or most interesting offseason moments or transactions. Oh, boy. Um I think the Neil Lucic swap was fascinating. Yeah, that is a really interesting one. Um, and at the time, it was billed as like trash for trash, right? But you just... Yeah. The funny thing about sports, you just never know. Sometimes trash isn't trash at all. <laughs> right. Like, you just... You just don't know... Uh, if- if a player was just in the wrong situation or they just had something wrong with them that season. And right. Like a different area. Yeah. Well, and especially with Neil, who's had, you know, with Lucic, it's been a couple of years of this. Right. So you're feeling, you're feeling pretty confident that you're like, Calgary, what the hell? Like, why, why are you getting this guy? <laughs> and with, with Neil 10 years of 20 goal seasons and then one disaster of a year, and he gets moved, and you're like, boy, given the centers that Edmonton has to offer, you know, if, even if they wanted to put Dreisaitl there, I mean, you could you could have a top line if you wanted of Neil McDavid and Dreisaitl. Right. And, you know, you're feeling pretty good about that. Honestly, like, I look at that, and I'm like, oh, it's not too bad. You go to war with that. <laughs> or you could put him on your second line as a left wing next to Nugent Hopkins. And I think that that's, I, I think there's the potential for that deal to, to look kind of silly down the road. And of course there's the potential for it to look like nothing. Yeah. So, it, you know, flip a coin and, and you could well end up either way on that one. I do think the fact that Edmonton did end up retaining a bit on Lucic makes it a lot more of an interesting trade for Calgary. If they yeah. had to take on that full salary, boy, boy, that would be tough to <laughs> tough to pill to swallow just to get rid of James Neal. Definitely. Um, I, I mean, also the Kadri Barry swap is a huge, I mean, that's a, that's a landscape changing kind of move because each team gave up a significant piece uh, to go out and get something else. And at the same time, they acquire a piece that they were both desperately hungry for. So. Right. And, and you know, with the scoring that they had, you know, we had kind of talked about Barry and why I didn't think Toronto made a ton of sense for him. Uh, I still don't think it makes a ton Perfect of sense, sense. Yeah. given given Morgan Riley is there. Like, why would right. you why would you pay for an offensive specialist when you already have a guy that's better at who's been more productive offensively and is better defensively. And it just, it's just sort of an odd fit to me, but like certainly I would take him over the guys that they were running out there last year. I would take Barry over those guys, like win a heartbeat. So I think it's, that's a fascinating deal. And if Kadri turns in, if he goes back to being a 30 goal guy and he puts up 65 points on Colorado's second line and they have a real, like a real live second line, Combined with the depth that they should have in their bottom six, like the abs could be, I, I would like, if you could see me, I'd be Z snapping right now, like nasty. 
<laughs> like they should be nasty. If if both of, if that trade works out for both sides, and then like Rosen could be a great find for the Abs, Kerfoot could be a great find and value for for Toronto. That could end up being one of those rare deals where you're feeling both sides are Everybody just wins. feeling good. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Really, is a trade that given the fact that they're both in different conferences as well, they're not afraid of giving up a dangerous piece because they only have to play against it twice a year. So if you're a team in the central or you're a team in Toronto's division or they're not in the, are they in the Met or the Atlantic? I forget. I always forget, man. I, I I get those mixed up (laughs) all the time. Right. Exactly. But if you're their opponent in their division, you're moaning and groaning about this trade for sure. It, because now you go great. Now we have to play against Kadri. They're in the Atlantic. McKinnon. Okay, and so in the Atlantic, they're they're saying, "Oh, so Morgan Riley gets off the ice and jumps on Tyson Berry." Great. Right. Well, and it's like, oh, great. Aha! They lost Jake Gardner <laughs> for Tyson Berry uh, to replace him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's not great. <laughs> I mean, and it, but for Toronto, it's a it's a one year thing though, because the entire defense, you know, they have Cody Cece there too, right? You know, who knows? Muzzin's right? only got one year left, I think, as well. So right, all those guys do. So it's definitely the one year push right now for yeah. that defense. <laughs> Riley is their only defenseman signed for multiple years right now. All the other guys are on one year deals. So it's you know you expect it to be a gladiators battle, and that's I mean they've still got to figure out the Mitch Marner thing and, you know, not to be a typical hockey podcast, but that was, that was a fast, fascinating stuff going on in Toronto right now. Yeah. It's, I'm very curious to see how this year shakes out for them and what the feelings are next off season when Definitely. all these contracts are up and, and where they sit. Yeah. I would say the other, it's not one move, but it was the combination of moves made by Buffalo. Yeah. Um, that defense, all of a sudden. Not so bad, is it? You're looking at it, and you're like, boy, that's a that's an okay group. Yep. You know, Ristolainen's always been overrated. But, but now, solid. yeah. now, I mean, Rasmus Dahlin is still there. Now you've got Colin Miller and Brandon Montour. Yoki uh, 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 Haru for Alex Nylander yep. deal gives, gives them another young guy that should make that team. Yeah. Uh, were they finally able to build the defense that they needed without blowing up their forward core? <laughs> right, without without cutting pieces away from it, you know? And right. They, they kept Jeff Skinner. Price is always a conversation in UFA, but they kept him. Uh, yep. they, got a nice, they got a nice deal with Marcus Johansson. And they've got basically their entire forward core, half their roster is a pending UFA next year. So... If this doesn't work, they can cut the dead weight and continue to cycle in uh, guys that they think can work, but they've got a lot of youth. Uh, you know, they're still looking for some breakout guys, guys like Casey Middlestat, you know, need to need to Sam Reinhardt. Who are these young guys going to be? And I, I like, for the most part, what Buffalo has done in terms of making themselves more competitive, especially defensively, on a, a defense with Ristolainen and Miller and Montour. Darlene, Yoki Haru, Jake McCabe. These guys are all guys that I'm I'm fans of. I think all of them, 
you know, Scandella fell off really hard. Bogosian's always been real overrated. So if they can lessen the ice time of the oldies and baddies, suddenly, you know, this is this is a young group. You know, Miller's 26, Montour's 25, McCabe is 25, Darlene's 19, uh, Yoki Haru is 20. You really that's a I really like what they've done in their back end. Yeah, that's something you can lean on for a, a significant amount of time, certainly. It's it's exactly the opposite of what Minnesota did. Right. <laughs> you know, like where they what Buffalo did made all the sense in the world and it really addressed a major weakness and it fit and it fit their it fit their 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 age, it kind of fit the movement that they're doing. Right. Every all of that's and, and then I mean, how do you not love what New Jersey did? Yeah, Again, <laughs> combination of moves here. Uh, I mean, PK Subban for nothing, basically. Yep. And that's to add to a, a decor that has Vatanen now and, and a couple of other solid pieces. Yeah, and I mean, you've got Will Butcher, Damon Severson, Sammy Vatanen, PK Subban as like all guys that you expect to be there for a few years. They just gave a two-year deal to Connor Carrick, I guess, because they were feeling generous. Not to mention Jack Hughes on forward. but Well, you know. right. And then at forward, they had Nikita Gusev and Jack Hughes. Right. So definite improvements you're looking at there. Yeah. And I mean, hey, maybe Wayne Simmons still got it. You know, they, yeah, they threw mean, him in there know. to their to their free agent conversations at the same time. And, and all of this is building towards saying, please, Taylor Hall, don't leave us, sir. And and look at what they did with Wayne Simmons, though. Smart enough to limit the damage there if it's bad. Yeah. One year deal. No big right. Not exactly. even worrying about it, man. So One those more. are those are all deals that that I, I think stand out as and bodies of work, I should say, from the offseason that yeah. though I love what those teams did. Agreed. I think they were all very, very solid moves or or work to make their teams better. One more quick question. We'll be brief on this one since we touch on it all the time. AJ, the goalie situation with the Avs, August 15th is quickly approaching. The name being thrown around is one of the best hockey names ever in Hayden hockey. <laughs> what are your thoughts on him or, and any chance the Avs are interested in that? There's a great chance they're interested in it. They need they need that third guy. We've talked about it. They need that third guy. And yeah. they've been very, they're very clearly comfortable with the youth movement here. Uh, at that at that position, they've only given out AHL deals uh, to to two guys, Hunter Miska and Mason McDonald. Uh, right now, Adam Werner would be their de facto third goaltender. Which, whatever. I mean, if that's what's going to be, it's to me, it's it's risky. But hey, dude, why not? It, it's goaltending. Everything, everything is risky. Very true. You know, hockey's a guy that's from Colorado. Uh, had a had a strong finish to his career, so. You know, if if they feel like if they've been keeping that that spot open to take a run at him, then my entire summer of whining about that is I I will retract. And at twenty four right. years old, he's only a one year ELC. Right. So not a big investment either. Right. So he's in he's in you've got to come out of college and prove it right away. And the Avs will know quickly. Yeah, do we have do we have true. somebody here? Or do we or not? And I would be all about it. It makes it makes tons of sense for them to be in on him. I I haven't done any, you know, digging around to see. Um, but it it given how they've approached the position this summer, it makes all the sense in the world that they would be one of the teams that's chasing him. 
sounds about right to me. They can offer a guy an AHL starting position if they wanted to. That's true. They don't have, I mean, they could be planning on splitting time with Werner there or whatever, but he would be one of four goalies on an NHL contract if the Avs did sign him. So you'd be fully expecting AHL time at least. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, so that's going to do it for segment two here. We do have one more segment of questions coming up. We'll see what you guys came up with in a minute. Third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. AJ, we have a bunch of questions from all of our listeners here. I was curious if you had any burning questions as well before we jump into some of theirs. No, I'm an answer, man. Yeah, he's, he likes to answer. He doesn't like to ask. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a naturally inquisitive guy. It's just whenever you know off the top of my head is when i get questions. of course like, yeah I, I definitely put you on the spot there yeah, i'm i'm not sure uh that i've got any like burning questions although uh, if if anybody uh would like to hang out in winnipeg while i'm there for the next week or two uh hit me up and we'll see let's start I, I make no promises but we'll see is there anything you're particularly excited to do in winnipeg uh, you, I mean, other than spend time with my lady. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we knew that was coming. Um, do you have anything planned to put it that way? Yeah, I'm going to eat a bunch of poutine. Oh, there you go. Um, I've got a, I'm excited and it's funny cause it's like so much of this is like food related, right? <laughs> um, like poutine and, uh, there's something called pizza pops that apparently I have to try. I've never even heard of those. Yeah, I hadn't either, and I keep being told that they're they're awesome. So, um, I've got I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to just seeing when I've never been to Winnipeg, and and it's always the butt of so many jokes that I'm I'm curious to get up there, and especially during the summer because it obviously has its reputation that it does from being an unbelievably insanely inhumanely cold during the winter, but. I want to I want to get up there during the summer and and explore a little bit and and see kind of what the city has to offer and uh you know get down into the exchange and kind of wander around downtown and you know go see the arena want to see where the Jets play and just you know get a feel for things um kind of like I do with with every time I go to a city for the first time I'm this time I have a tour guide though, so that's yeah, that that'll helps. be nice. Uh, I'll have I'll have a tour guide and my own set of wheels, so I won't be like lifting around the city and all that. You know, it'll be uh, yeah. it'll be a little bit different. So I'm that's that's what I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I have not checked the CFL schedule. I don't know if the Bombers are in town or not. Uh, I don't believe they were. But if they if they do happen to be there, uh, it would be cool to go to a Bombers game and just root against them because go Riders. <laughs> so there it is. There was a question asking who your CFL team was. Saskatchewan, all the way. All, all the right. way, baby. I don't really have one because I barely even watch American football. So <laughs> I went through the selection process a few years ago when I was hankering for some uh, CFL action. 
And I found that I was just, I just couldn't get into it having an, you know, an, an, oh, I'm just rooting for fun. You know, I was. Had to have a team to go for, yeah. I, I had to, uh, I had to, I had to adopt a rooting interest and I had to find somebody to hate. Uh, and I, I thought it was going to be the Argonauts because just Toronto and, you know, F Toronto and. <laughs> But but no, it ended up it ended up being the bombers because I had so many bombers fans mad at me for picking the riders as my team that it just <laughs> developed like, into this, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm all about hating on the bombers. It's a it's a wonderful time. <laughs> all right. Well, down with the bombers, I guess. That's right. Drifting back into hockey, this is a topic we have touched on before, but Franz asks what our thoughts are on the potential of a lockout in 2020-2021. Where are the main issues there? We've talked about escrow before. We don't have to get into the details of it, but we know that's one of the major factors. Is there anything else you can see at the bargaining table that either the players or the owners want? I think it's the biggest factor. Yeah. I think this is the number one thing that players are most upset about is the escrow. I agree. It's they want to get paid the money that they're told they're going to get paid. <laughs> right. Like these guys already lose percent of such large percentages of, uh, of their checks to taxes and yeah, to, to everything, you know, agent fees, you know, right. There goes, there goes 2% and here's 3% and here's 2% and you know, here's 27%. And all of a sudden, Eric Johnson making $6 million, walking home with three and a half. Big difference. So, you know, and, and obviously the rest of the the rest of us are sitting around like, man, boo-hoo, three and a half million. But like for him, you know, he's like, he's like, well, half my salary is gone. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think it's fair for them to, I think it's fair for them to really to change that yeah. yeah to really fight for uh having the the amount of money that's getting cut from there out of out of escrow uh you know and and it's a, the double-edged sword with how it works because the escrow number goes up every time the players vote yes on the five percent escalator clause that triggers for the salary cap to go up but you almost have to do that because i mean you're sitting in you know, you're, you're sitting in, in a, in a room with other players and it's like, boy, (laughs) you know, you're, you're not worthy of getting paid extra money because I'm tired of escrow going up. Right. It's for contracts not to stagnate. You have to have the escalator, but if you have the escalator, the increasing contract, a bigger chunk of it's coming out of it too. So, and so you know, players have seen the hey, we've got to keep, we've got to, we've got to keep raising the salary cap in order to increase you know salaries and wages and all this. And but then the escrow continues to go up, so the salaries are going up, but the amount that they're actually taking home is going down, and it's messy it's, for sure. Right, it's a real mess. Like it's it's got to be something that they really they work hard together and and find some sort of common ground. You know, maybe. Maybe escrow stays, but it's, uh, you know, with, but it's it's capped at like six percent or something. Sure, it's... you know, and because that was that was kind of the problem is they were they would pay twelve percent in escrow, and two years later the NHL would cut a check and players would get three percent back. 
Yeah. It and it's is, like, where the hell is the other 9% going? What are you guys doing over there? Disappears as far as the players are concerned, basically. It, yeah, it's money that that's just gone. Right. It's Is this a problem that they can solve before it goes all the way down to a lockout? Absolutely. Uh, and they have a vested interest in not getting that far. Right. I would say the only other issue that I can think of from the player side off the top of my head, I'm sure there's a lot, but uh, they, they badly want to be in the Olympics. Right. Um, but if, if they are willing to give up the Olympics and they, you know, an escrow goes away, that's a huge victory for them. How much give and take will there be there? Of course, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah. those negotiations always seem to drag on a little longer than anyone would like. Absolutely. All right, moving away to maybe a, a bit of an interesting topic. Outside of the NHL and, okay, let's say outside of <clears throat> North American professional hockey, mm-hmm. what are some teams you're looking forward to watching this season, whether it be hockey teams in juniors or in Europe or other sports teams as well. Obviously we're excited to watch the Denver teams, but beyond that. Uh, well, last year it was the DP, right? Yeah. Like, that was, that was an easy, like, Oh man, this team is dope. <laughs> right. Like this team is going to send all of the talent to the NHL. Yep. Um, this year, I would say one of the teams that I want to watch the most is the Sudbury Wolves. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Byfield. Yep. I'm a big Clinton Byfield fan. So uh you gotta you just gotta every everybody has their favorites, right? So yeah, I naturally. I wanna see um I wanna see what Byfield does in his, his draft season because guys who are uh six foot five and two hundred and twenty pounds are not supposed to move like he does. <laughs> And he's coming off of a D minus one where he was a point per game player. Yeah. I'm I'm expecting a an explosion, a statistical explosion, and and a thrilling race for the top pick this year. Uh, also in that the Swedish WJC team. Yes, very much so. That was on my list. <laughs> that is going to be silliness. Mm. Holtz and Raymond just are going to go ham all year wherever they're playing. Yeah. Uh, Love Raymond. Yep. Yeah, outside of hockey, because I think the the Swedish team is one of my big ones, too. I guess I'm excited to actually get to watch the queue again with uh, (laughs) Bocage and then Lafreniere to watch as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. That kid is... He's almost taken for granted because we've been watching him for two years already. And he's already just stupid good. The guy is unbelievable, man. I mean, how good you have to be to be a wing and be talked about in a class that's this good. As borderline generational type player. As a potential number one pick in a class that looks as good as it does today. Right. Uh and and to be a wing to to and be seriously in that conversation, you've got to be unbelievable, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely a different level there. Outside of uh hockey, my wife has actually recently gotten me into the National Women's Soccer League. So I've been Oh, the NWSL. Yeah. 
we've adopted Utah as our team. Yes. So Morgan Press is now the best player in the league. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's another team that that I've been getting excited on watching. I I have not been a so- big soccer fan through most of my life, but mm-hmm. I had always leaned towards the women's national team as as the best soccer to watch. The so, Utah Royals. Yeah, the Utah Royals. Okay. My wife also secretly wants to root for Portland, but that'd be the most bandwagon thing ever. So I won't let her. Why is that? They're the best team in the league. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, but yeah, just it's something a little fun sports that I'm doing outside the norm of of watching hockey in the Rockies. I I would love to get into the NWSL. I loved watching. I love watching the women's team. Yeah. Um, I can't stand watching the MLS. Yeah, I it's, don't like the. MLS it's so either. awful to watch. I just can't do it, dude. Um, the. I would be all about getting into the NWSL. I wish Denver had a team that always helps yeah, me, me obviously Yeah, uh, to get into something as if it's, there's something local. Like I've, I've really taken to lacrosse over the last few years. I really, really, especially, uh, especially indoor. Yeah. I uh, like the mammoth more yeah. than the outlaws. As box, well. <laughs> box lacrosse is really where it's at. I agree. Um, the combination of like basketball, hockey, soccer, and then with like lacrosse, like it's, it's it's like going to a uh, it's like going to a, a a rock concert and then except they play a, a game. little bit of everything yeah it's it's wild man I'd absolutely love mammoth games and that's I mean make a great experience fans want to come back so yeah definitely the number of times I've wanted to when the abs play at one p.m. and then the mammoth play at seven p.m. I just want to sit up there in the press box and just because it's not like they're going to kick me out I just would love to just sit up there and watch that game but I'm usually exhausted so it's like gotta go. <laughs> Bye. But they're they're awesome, man. I love I love lacrosse. Yeah, I'm horrible at lacrosse. I've never <laughs> I've never tried to play. Uh, my my uh, privileged upbringing did not lead me quite down the that far down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, I I never played it in any professional sense. Well, any organized sense yeah. at all. I had a little stick when I was a kid and it was, I couldn't even keep the ball in the, in the net. It just fall out every single time. So I, I tell you, you know, you know what I really would love to do. Uh, I would love to take some time off every January and uh, go to Australia for the Australian open. Yeah, that would be cool. I'm, I'm a major tennis fan, which always surprises people, but I'm a very, very big tennis fan, and I would love to spend a couple of weeks down at the Aussie Open. Yeah, I'd, I'd just love to go to Australia at all. I'm not as big a tennis fan. But <laughs> uh, all right, so one final question to bring us back in. I suspect this is one we'll be talking about for the next month or so. Does anyone have any idea on what the Miko Rantanen and his camp are asking in terms of contract money and term. We've seen the recent Mitch Marner demands of a bridge deal at around 10 million, but we haven't really heard anything from Rantanen. Not really. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, I mean, it's hard to make demands when you don't know what you're after. Very true. You know, when, when Marner is the top scoring guy, he's going to set that market for the wings. When Marner has a price, then Rantanen can have a price. And then, uh, you know, Kachuk can have a price, and then Besser can have a price. 
and down the chain it goes. Kind right. Of. And, and because you don't want to, if Besser signs a deal right now, say he signs for $6 million, right. you know, which may or may not be great money. Depends on the length, I guess. But say Besser signs for $6 million right now. Yeah. And then Marner gets 12. Right. And then Rantanen gets 10 or 10 and a half. And then Kachuk gets nine. All of a sudden, that what six you, what, is super cheap. Yeah. Right. Like, what you doing? All, all, all you had to do was just wait. And <laughs> you could have easily gotten seven and a half or eight. Right. Easily. So yeah. that's why the market is what it is right now. It's because you're waiting for the top top guy. And, you know, Ajo, Ajo signing was great, but that's a center. And so it doesn't it doesn't help you a ton because if you just go and look, center, wing, those are very different financial brackets that, that players are sitting in. Right. Centers so, always are a premium. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm I'm of the opinion that this is I've said all all along that this is gonna continue on and it, this will drag into September. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we'll see. We'll when, Whenever Marner makes a decision, we'll see. If Marner doesn't, then it, the and, and it's time to get on the ice. Right now, there's no pressure on anybody. Right. There's no yeah. pressure on the Avs. There's no pressure on Rantanen. But once you start getting into the captain's practices going on here in Denver. That's um, when it starts. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, when you... When when the rookie camp gets going and they go out to to Anaheim for the the prospect showcase, and then they come back if that's still not signed, and training camp gets going, you know, then it becomes there's that the pressure on both sides ratchets it up because then Rantanen starts missing vital time, and the Abs don't have one of their key players, and it's Absolutely. and it's not it's not leverage one over the other. They both get hurt in that situation. But yeah. right now, there's no pressure. Uh, they can wait and hope that the, the Marner thing kind of sorts itself out. And once that happens, then they can move. Um, so uh, it's, it's when if Marner doesn't get sorted out and training camp gets going, then you've got to decide. You have to you have to decide what's important to you. And all the all the unsigned guys will have to do that. I mean, the whole the entire defenseman market isn't set either. Yeah, nope. There, there's no Wierenski. There's no Provorov. There's no Carlo. There's no McAvoy. None of these contracts are done. You even have a UFA in Gardner left. <laughs> right. But um, I, I think what AJ is trying to say is that as far as the RFA market is concerned, Mitch Marner's contract is going to be game changing. There it is. <laughs> so we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee as well. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so be sure to check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today. Receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. That's going to do it for this Friday episode. I hope everyone enjoys their weekend, and AJ, enjoy whatever it is you end up doing in Winnipeg. The show will be back next week on Monday. We'll probably have a rotating cast of characters going through talking about anything and everything Avalanche. So we will see you then. 
Hyperelectric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.